0: finally the raptors are back home <laughs> and we don't have to worry about a 10:30 start i i don't know about you man but i couldn't really actually stay up and watch the games because i wake up pretty early i know that you wake up pretty early but i listen to them like i listen to sports when i can't really sleep i love it when uh the jays and i'm glad the jays are back in business i, I love it when the jays are in like at los angeles too because they play at 10:30 as well and like blue like uh, baseball is really really calming to listen to because Mm. it's like really slow (laughs) you know uh the play by play is really slow so like and when I'm listening to like Eric Smith or Paul Jones or something it uh it's quite exhilarating and and I can like picture it in my head when you're listening to it on the radio I can picture like if I'm watching it on screen um so it's I almost I still didn't really sleep until like 1am until the games were done Uh, and they were good games especially the Clippers anyways but so the Raptors come back uh finally so you know suffice to say we're recording this episode on friday march 18th uh welcome to that's rap podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans and whoever is joining us for the first time welcome uh to you thank you for listening thank you for taking the time to listen to us i can't believe you are you can be doing so many different things but you know at least you're listening to our sultry voices jay is not going to be on this episode with with us today he is actually you know doing things for his march break with his family so good on you jay uh but you know you're gonna listen to uh, myself and dre my man how are you doing today brother
1: i'm doing all right and and uh, I am so excited to discuss uh, not just the the Raptors' hot streak of you know these road games, but also the absolutely dismal streak of the Lakers. I, I am not. <laughs> yeah, I thought to you be would enjoy that. that. Too.
0: <laughs> I thought you would be enjoying that too. Hundred percent. You know, okay? So I know we're gonna get into it, but like the Lakers to me. And I'm not an obviously, I'm a Raptors fan, right? But you know, from afar, being a seeing Lakers fans, I kind of connotate that to seeing like New York Yankee fans or like Boston Celtics fans or Boston Red Sox fans for that matter. They kind of had like a whole longevity of being so good and so for so long that they have most of the money that they can just play anybody, right? Mm And then now, I, again, I'm, I don't I don't, I hate the fact that someone like LeBron James um, is, I wouldn't say ruining his legacy. Because he's obviously one of the best, if not the top, th- I don't know, one to three players of all time that we've ever seen. But at the same time, it's like, I hate that he's going out
1: like this. <laughs> you know? Like, um, you know, it's not ruining his legacy because at this point it's undisputable. What I feel it's like true. is it's hurting his uh you know the 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 big debate who's better him or mj Because i'll tell you this mj didn't really have a good final couple of years either and Mm. you know with the wizards nobody ever talks about mj with the wizards outside of like you know the occasional game where he scored really high um but he kind of just petered out what's unfortunate with this and i don't want to come off as like Lebron slander or whatever is that this is making Lebron's uh, potential final years look so much worse than they actually are because considering at this point LeBron's still dropping 50 when he needs to, which seems like mm-hmm. it's often to help this team. LeBron's still um, playing quite well outside of some like lapses, but I feel like that's because he's trying to play uh, like one versus five. So how can he be in so many defensive spots at once? How can he yeah. uh, always have to think five steps has- ahead?
0: he has a crappy team around him. Yeah, right? That's that's all. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll go through this whole thing uh, a little bit later, but first and foremost, this is what I had to, you know, talk to I, I know I messaged you guys on on the chat. So there was a, some some stupidness going around uh, Raptors Twitter right now about uh post or at least some something said from the co-host of the fan 590 morning show jd Mm bunkers saying that he wanted to he would rather lose the raptors franchise in in, as opposed to losing someone like austin matthews from the toronto maple Leafs. first off i know what you're gonna say what a stupid like i know what other people are thinking about what a what a silly comment idiotic tape, blah, blah, blah blah let me just say this um I've worked with JD Bunkus personally. I've worked on the Fan Five Ninety. I was with him in, uh, when he's producing, and with him when he was when he started to get into being the voice instead of being behind the mic, or instead of behind the glass. Sorry, and he is one of the hardest working people I've ever met, ever. And I'm I'm and I'm I'm saying that because. I've worked in many and many places, and this guy—I don't know—something about him, his work, that he was incredible. Now, that doesn't take away the fact that he may have said this, of course. But you have to think about the context of it. I saw this tweet from Six Buzz TV, and automatically that takes up all the recognition. Six Buzz is like the TMZ of Toronto. Okay, they're just going in for the click. They're just going in to get notice. And that's what they've built their reputation on. So whatever remark that JD said about the Raptors, they know that they're going to get a lot of traction from saying JD is against Raptors. All he wants is Austin Matthews. That is not what he's talking about. JD is, he's built his reputation on the air for being a character who understands all all sports in Toronto. He's a huge Blues Jays fan, huge Leafs fan, and a huge, and I'm saying, I'm saying from personal experience, he is a massive Raptors fans, basketball fan altogether. So whomever is listening to this, whomever is reading that and then got upset about it, I understand that when you read it at first, you're gonna get that reaction. But it's because that they're trying to find someone like Six Bus is trying to get that reaction for mm-hmm. from you. So don't let them, don't let them get the clicks and don't let them get the attention that they don't deserve. There are plenty. Plenty of talented people out there, including JD, that know their stuff. And when they ha- when they say something out of context, like they rather have Austin Matthews, a generational player, than a Toronto Raptors team, obviously that doesn't make any sense. Just think about it for a second. Think about it on your own for a second. A f- Toronto Toronto Raptors fans listening into uh, or reading that. All- <laughs> If the Raptors weren't there, JD Bunkus would have I don't know one fourth of his entire um, calendar written off. Like then he doesn't have a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to think about it for a second. These these media outlets are trying to get the clicks. All right. So I, I'm just, so I, I'm sorry for for taking over about that, Dre. I just wanted to put it out there that JD is one of the hardest people I've ever worked with in my entire life. So don't take it seriously. Whatever Six Buzz says
1: yeah there's uh before i get into all of that there's a huge problem when it comes to the how media works in this day and age and you know this is partially why i wanted to start films fatale uh i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to plug it uh, i'll plug it at the end of the episode Yo,
0: plug plug away bro uh, Films sounds freaking amazing uh,
1: thank you i'll plug it at the end of the episode but the point is um i got viciously sick from You know sick and tired of seeing so much okay you might have to get the the buzzer ready um so much bullshit (laughs) online when it comes to Mm -hmm. uh the first thing that's really bad is that media has started to take anecdotes they've started to take um yeah, like hyper hyperbolic reactions and jokes. I'm a very hyperbolic person myself. I've probably said something like, "I'd rather shove bats basalts up my anus than watch the Knicks," which is not true. It's not true, but um, I still say it par- partially. Okay, partially true, <laughs> but um, the point is, I still say it. But it can be taken out of context. You know, they take they take this yeah. stuff and they also take tweets. And I don't mean to disparage anybody, but they take tweets. From like, I don't know, not to sound disrespectful, but kind of just any random person on Twitter. So like, let's say if uh, a movie just came out, I'm not going to put any movie, you know, specifically, let's just say there's a movie about a cat that saves the universe, whatever, because I don't want to like, you know, shun or spotlight any specific movie. And everybody on Earth thinks it's fantastic, except for one person who might say, I think this is problematic to cats. Suddenly, all these outlets are like, oh, there's a massive outrage because, uh, mm. you know, there, this, this film was, is this film problematic to cats? And it's like, no. No, it's not. But because we're spotlighting this one thing, that does not make for content. So I'll give you another instance. Right. Um, I absolutely hate the band Buck Cherry. They're the type of vapid rock of the 2000s that probably helped kill the, the guitar genre. Having said that, okay. uh, I'm just making my point that this is not a bias of any sort. I'm not a fan of these guys. When the lead singer, who uh, is not straight edge, by the way, I don't know what he's into now, but like when he said that he would love to front the straight edge band Minor Threat if they were to ever come back, I think that's what it was. Um, all of these outlets came out saying he wants to front the band. The guy was making an aside. Like, if you were asked, hey, do you want to front queen? You'd probably be like why not right like that's pretty cool suddenly that's that's an article it's not an article and unfortunately it's not it's beyond clickbait at this point because clickbait implies that there's some sort of strategy to get you to click it's complete nonsense at this point it's actually worse than it was 10 years ago when they would say you won't believe what number seven is at this point they're they're trying even less so to get back to this i feel like it's um you you know him much better than i do uh, clearly, because I mean, I've never worked with him. Um, again, I'm a very hyperbolic guy. You've known me since we were like 13, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like back in basketball yep. camp, I've always said extreme, like really hyperbolic stuff. Like, oh my god, I'd I'd rather get hit by a car. That's not true. That's not. It's just <laughs> not true. But you can't just take yeah. somebody's, uh, you know, in most like in the moment visceral response as truth and i feel like you know somebody who has this history and this is this is why this type of culture is bad he clearly has a history of having worked in this industry and having you know said his piece about the rafters however up to an amount amount of times Yeah, this is the one thing that they focus on when it's clearly not true. Mm -hmm. You know, he probably was just saying whatever he felt in the moment and not for it to be true, but just whatever electric, again, visceral thing in the moment, just, you know, just kind of ingest. And now he's being, you know, and this is the problem with sports culture as well. And I'll, I'll wrap up on this point um sports culture is so heated and a lot of people give me flack for supporting a lot of teams that's because i love the game of basketball more than just Mm -hmm. one team that i devote to so when it comes to sports culture and this this whole competitive nature my team's better than yours this player's better than this one nobody's really you know overall because i don't want to overgeneralize sports fans but a lot of a lot of fans they just don't want to accept the gray area it's got to be this guy's better or that guy's better can't be a you know uh, you know, in, in the middle, you can't like, uh, like both. And I feel like it's something like this. It's just one other way for hockey fans to be like, or, you know, like the ones who can't see past, you know, they can't observe the gray area to be like, you see, yeah. hockey's better than basketball. And then basketball fans to jump on this and be like, Hey, what the hell are you talking about? So unfortunately, yeah, yeah. you know, um, this garbage publication, whatever you want to call them. They, uh, you know, this outlet, they know their audience they know what's going to get you know you know clicks traction and they preyed on a guy who unfortunately seems like he did not deserve it so nope
0: I I every single thing that you said I don't really understand I don't really know the band that you're talking about but I feel like I understand the point you're making you don't need to check that so, out I'm <laughs> sorry not yeah, to be okay.
1: disrespectful sorry <laughs> no, no, not at all
0: put it this way everybody has an opinion right and everybody should be open to their opinion and and in this matter look we we live in a city that has been uh praised a lot for being uh nice uh, we live in a country that's praised about being nice, and and the thing is, we're finally, finally in an age where the three biggest out, you know, uh, I would I would say biggest sports mediums mediums in the city basketball, uh, hockey, and baseball are at their highest level in this city, in in particular, in Toronto. And to be fans of all of it, to have to be to want to have everybody succeed shouldn't be uh, something to be negated from, shouldn't be a negative thing. Mm-hmm. I we love the raptors, obviously, but we love the fact that the leafs are striving. We love the fact that Baseball is striving. We love the fact that TFC is striving. Like we can all be fans of everything. You don't have to be the first one of something, and then mm. and then be like uh, whoever is a fan now is a bandwagoner. You like you don't you don't have well, to you're be not a die that diehard or whatever. Well, exactly. You don't <laughs> you don't have to be like that. Like just be happy. It's almost the fact like, that. The, sorry. Go ahead. The, the, no, I was just gonna say that Toronto is. And, and it, we're literally living in the golden ages of Toronto sports. Like, run with it, you know. Live it, love it. We don't have to we be embarrassed. We, you don't. We don't. We don't have to think about Austin Matthews. We don't have. I mean, we, not Austin. Matthews, we don't have to think about Andrea Bagnani anymore, oh, right? God. We don't have to think about us losing to the Boston Bruins three, uh, like up three one or something like that. We don't have to think about that anymore. We're all. In this together, trying to strive to win championships year in and year out. How many cities, including all of Canada, including America, in North America, can say that f- three to four of their prominent sports teams in their city are at the peak of their existence? I I, can, I can't I can say very many. I, I cannot say very many. So, I, I don't know, man. Like, we can... <sighs> That, well, let's let's put a cap on this, okay? Let's put a cap on this whole. J, J let, let's just say that JD is a good guy and stop shitting him and stop following Six Bus. That's all I gotta say. Back to the Raptors. Finally, let's talk about the Raptors. They came back. They came back from a road trip, starting off, you know, a little slowly mm-hmm. with. Um, Obviously, lost to the Pistons, Magic, and Cavs. That three-game losing streak was oh. kind of dampened the morale when it comes to Raptors fans. Like those because three specific we teams, saying,
1: like they're the exactly worst teams exactly. and they're like the, the most demeaning when it comes to Raptors. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. ugh. But after that,
0: this when, once the Spurs uh, win hit, and then we kind of hit stride, something happened. Win over the Suns went over the Nuggets, went over the Lakers, which uh, we it sh- that game should have been over the first three minutes, and went over just recently against the Clippers. This is the most successful road trip, a uh, western road trip the Raptors have ever been on, uh, wow. which is incredible. Now, they come home. They're playing tonight against the Lakers. Uh, right now, they are seated tied with the Cavaliers, so they're they're seventh place right now, tied with the Cavaliers 39 30, 39 wins, 30 losses. We play the Cavaliers again on uh, March 24th. I'm actually going to that game, Ooh. I'm so freaking excited. Um, I want to ask you, brother, all with you know, thinking about the road trip and everything like that, um, play in or not play like are we going to be are we going to be stuck in the seventh seed or you know possibly the eighth seed or we're going to strive for the sixth and fifth seed. What do you think going for the rest of the season? Because this is the home stretch, right? There's I, I want to say that we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I like I think like twelve more games left or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think, brother? Give me your thoughts.
1: <clears throat> that's that's a tough call. Well, luckily the, uh, the Cavaliers are the only thing that are really separating us from being solidified as a playoff team and the play ins themselves. I feel like we're on quite a win streak right now. And it's because of our yep. team cohesion. I feel like, us. Uh, if Siakam had a few more games like this before the all-star break or like well before the all-star break, I mean, cause you know, voting and such, uh, he could have been an all-star. I feel like, um, I also feel oh, like... Oh,
0: he's 100% an all-star step yeah. 100%. Yeah,
1: and I feel like he might even make an all-NBA, maybe like third team or something at this rate. Yeah, um, agreed. I feel like, oh, it's tough. At this rate, you know, none of us were feeling like... or Okay, I'll speak for myself. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs this year. And now I'm like actually a little confident that they won't even make the play-in. Like they're going to be like... I feel like they're going to reach that six seed. I honestly feel like they're going to reach that sixty because, eh? yeah, because yeah, because look ahead of them, you've got the Bulls who started off as one of the best teams of the year. I still feel like they are, if you just you know ignore the injuries, they're just having a bit of a rough time. They could easily drop because we're only two games behind them. They could easily drop. Um, the Celtics were kind of the reverse Bulls, where they started off really poorly and now they're doing really well. Uh, having said that, they're not going to like you know we're only. Uh, three games behind them and three games behind the 76ers. So will we catch the bucks and the heat, you know, with uh, 46 game wins and, uh, 44 wins. Um, I mean, probably not, but I mean, the fact that we're quite close, we're quite close. We're at the same distance from uh, third and fourth as we are from eighth position. Which is like one mm. below. So I, that makes mm-hmm. me feel better that we'll climb, especially because we have what looks like the longest win streak in the East right now, is five. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to climb as opposed in the to the NBA runners. right now, actually. Oh, amazing. So there you go. So mm-hmm. yeah, I honestly can see us being the sixth seed. Maybe the Bulls won't drop that much. The Celtics and the 76ers, it's pretty unrealistic. But the Cavaliers, because we're tied, and I feel like we're gelling as opposed to them, where um, you know you've got Jared Allen's situation happening, you've got uh, you know a team that I feel like was better, but they might not be quite as good as they started the season out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly feel like we're going to claim that at least that sixth spot. Yeah,
0: I'll go uh, one step further. I think we're going to make the fifth seed. Wow. I honestly, I honestly do like, okay. I'm looking at the standings right now tied with Cavs, right? We're only two games back behind the bulls. Who arguably have a much tougher schedule than we do. They're about to play the Suns as well as us, as well as the Bucks. They're finishing off with the Clippers, Heat, Bucks, Celtics. Oh my like, god. Like that's a pretty tough stretch for the Bulls. Jesus. The Cavaliers. Yeah, exactly. The Cavaliers today, they're playing the Nuggets. Um, they don't have too bad of a except for the end portion where they're facing the 76ers, Bucks, and and Nets. Um again, we're two and a half games behind the Bulls. We're uh, sorry, we're two games behind the Bulls. We're two and a half games behind the Celtics. We're three and a half games beside the 76ers and four and a half games beside the Bucks. Behind the Bucks. This, like, seeding every single game from here on out is so important mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of changes in like the two seven range we're going to see wh- whomever like i know at this moment there's a lot of if the playoff started now i mean if the playoff started now we would be in the play-in tournament with kd or with uh, the brooklyn nets and Kyrie wouldn't be able to play in that game anyways mm-hmm. so i'm not saying that we're going to win that game i'm just saying that they would have a disadvantage automatically and and we would be hosting in Toronto and we also have two uh, chances of making the playoffs. But well, all that being said, I don't think obviously this is set in stone. Whatever the standings are right now, things are going to move. Things are going to shift. And I think the Raptors, uh, historically, they've always had like a pretty good run at the end of the season. And they, they, they're always hitting a stride at a certain point in time. So there, there's always a saying, would you rather be healthy and resting in the playoffs, or would you rather be in a, hitting the stride during the playoffs? And right now, I think the Raptors are hitting a stride. At the moment... Og and Anobi are still out. I believe he's probably going to be out for another week. Mm-hmm. It's it all depends on how he's going to play. If he wants to play hurt, if he wants to go through it, because I don't think right now I don't think he's going to have surgery for it, um, for his finger. So I think he's going to see how it's going to you know deal with it by the end of the season. Um, Frethen bleed obviously isn't. Uh, 100. His knee is bothering him. He had to. He was a game time decision. You could see a giant knee brace. Uh, before the game versus the Clippers, he he. You know, he he pulled it out. Uh, in the, in the last game for sure. Uh, still. Um, and also Gary Trent Jr. He's not healthy either, but he's more unhealthy as in like uh, he's feeling sick. Like not un no uh, unrelated to COVID, but he's still feeling unhealthy. So what I'm saying is that. The Raptors are not 100% healthy, but who is? But they're also still hitting a, 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 another gear. And I think that there's, there's two reasons, or maybe three reasons for this. One, uh, Nick Nurse is a mother-effing genius, okay? And two, Scotty Barnes is... you uh, are we, talking about, like, a rookie of the year. If he doesn't win it, I feel like there has to be a... Uh, uh, there, there could there should be a jason kidd slash was it grant hill who had the uh split uh co-rookie of the year mm-hmm. i feel like scotty barnes and, and and mobley should get a split rookie of the year and finally you already alluded to it Pascal siakam man Pascal siakam is playing on an all-star level after the all-star break last five games 27 points per game 8.6 rebounds 5.6 of 6 1.2 steals uh 51% from the field uh, field percentage 50% from three point range, 82% from free throw range. This guy is an, an elite level and every single game that we've, that he's played so far since the all-star break, no one could stop. him. doesn't matter if it's a big doesn't matter if it's a guard. It doesn't matter. He is on an exact, an extreme other level. So I'm going to go ahead and say, they're going to finish with the fifth. Am I crazy? Do you think that, do you think fifth is out of the question?
1: no, I think that's, uh, that's as far as I'll say is a reasonable guess. If you start saying uh, third and fourth, then you're aiming a little too high because, uh, yeah. It's not like it's completely out of reach. But It's
0: not out of the question. It's not out of the question. It's, uh, it's going to be reasonable. hard. It's Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree too. I think Jay would probably say so himself because I remember the last two times we spoke, we were talking about this road trip and a lot of it, I was saying that this could be a make or break. And he, he said that, I don't think so. Um, I didn't think that we, I don't think anyone would have uh, expected a five and run road trip, but by God, the Raptors are friggin' dangerous.
1: Yeah. It's, it's looking really good. It's looking like uh, somebody like Gary Trent Jr. Can have a, an off night, which he has, he's had mm-hmm. quite a bit much to my chagrin, but at the same time, he could also go off when somebody else is having an off night. So, I mean, it's great. You know, Fred Van Vliet was the only officer that we had this season. He doesn't have to always be firing on all cylinders because Tiakin could step in now. Scotty Barnes Absolutely. could step in now. We have this mm-hmm. cohesion. We've got we've got a decent five. I remember that was our biggest problem, you know, in in, in recent memory. We've got a five that can actually work. We've got this. This uh, this equidistant height thing going on with the the six eight to six nine, um, yeah. I don't know what it is, but uh, they have figured out something pretty well. I feel like this is like the dream of what the uh, the Rockets and the Pistons were wanting to have when they had like this whole similar height thing going on, but they just crashed and burned. That's because they were trying to <laughs> they were trying to do that with you know this whole iso ball thing going on or with you know mm. the, with the wrong idea i feel like this is actually encompassing the entire team so you could place so many different bodies on different positions and really yeah. create a lot of versatility and i feel like that is what's been helping a lot furthermore i feel like uh, can we just say it now can we just say to scotty burns was the steal of the draft yeah
0: see it's hard to say because we are pretty, we pretty high so it's not really yes, a steal but she but... was he was going to go fifth anyways. Yeah. Right. It's not like he was a, it was a crazy off the board. No. Um. So yes, I think that was the most surprising for Raptors fans, but I, I do feel like everybody who understands the draft. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't, we're not very uh, high on understanding younger players coming up from the draft. And, but knowing that the, you know, again, the most talked about player obviously was Jalen Suggs for for us for you know before the draft, and we we're like, okay, Jalen Suggs is going to be and Kyle Lowry was gone, and you know mm. we didn't really have the the future for the backup point guard, but they knew something, the Raptors knew something when it came to Scottie Barnes. And okay, there's there's two things I wanted to say before we take a break. The Reason why I say uh, Nick Nurse is a MF genius. I'm I'm going to harp back to that game against the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic is by far one of the best players in the NBA. He's huge. He's humongous. I've played with play. I'm, I'm not saying that I play, you know, high level basketball, but what I'm saying is I understand what he brings as a center point guard, almost someone who can facilitate at his size and score at his ability and just get a lot of attention being the big guy and such a high IQ that he is. What, Nick Nurse understands is that we don't have a player that can guard Nikola Jokic one-on-one. So, however, we do have players that can t- put an advantage on the rebound rebounding end. So instead of – they have a clear advantage at one position. But if we put four people on that one position to try to get those rebounds, I would rather take four six-foot-eight people – Instead of just, I would take that take that odd, right? I would I would make sure that whatever offensive or defensive on the glass, I would rather have four people on the glass instead of one. So that's what he did. There was one line where where it had all fours, like the, all four Bs: Scotty Scotty Barnes, Ken Birch, DeLano Banton, Chris Boucher, and I think it was Thaddeus Young mm-hmm. or something like that. That lineup was crazy, and it was one of those like if if it didn't work. He would have been berated for that, right? But he knew that it was going to work because of the advantage. He was he was playing the numbers and playing the height advantage. Like it was incredible to watch. it was just this chess match move that was just incredible to watch. That they couldn't do anything about it. Oh, I freaking loved it. And finally, when it comes to when it comes to Scotty Barnes, I saw a lot of like, um. I guess, you know, back back and forth tweets about, you know, Scotty Barnes over Mobley or Mobley over Scotty Barnes or even Kate Cunningham, all this stuff. Like, again, just be a fan of the NBA. But at the end of the day, I just want to put it out this way I'm not saying that Scotty Barnes is a clear cut winner to be the rookie of the year. Okay. I'm not saying that. However, what I'm saying is no, I am. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. What I'm saying is that Kate, if you look at the teams around Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley, they are strategically making a team around those players in order for them to be the focal point, right? But for Scotty, he's he clearly isn't the first or second. He's almost the third, fourth, or possibly the fifth option when it comes to offensively on this lineup. And even Nick Nurse said when he had that like uh huge like 10 for 10 start against the Brooklyn Nets, none of those were called played for for Scotty. He was just being active. And to be this good and to be this involved with a winning team, not having people around you to be the focal point, that's what makes it so appealing for Scotty Barnes to win Rookie of the Year because he's doing it on his own merit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't see why there is a clear cut of either Cade or Mobley being the Rookie of the Year when clearly Scotty Barnes is just doing this on his own. That's why I think that they should, they should really think about Scotty as a rookie of the year. Um, is there any other thoughts about Scotty or anything about the Raptors before we move on?
1: Uh No, I echo all of the sentiments. I, I don't have anything additional to add. Scotty for rookie of the year.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Let the propaganda begin. Let's take a little bit of a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some NBA news. Man, we got some. It's, it's going to be fun. I, I can't wait to talk to you about this, brother. All right. Talk to you guys soon.
1: Hey, did you catch that Pistons magic game last night? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> anyway, so Oh man. Again, um
0: Detroit fans, uh, Orlando fans, you know, you guys you guys will be fine. You guys will be fine. Let's just let's just take in the NBA. Let's just be fans in the NBA. Welcome back to That's a Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. In the beginning of the episode, we talked about stop giving the attention to places like six buzz. They don't deserve it. And we also talked about your Toronto Raptors coming back from a five and one uh, West coast road trip. They're back tonight and against the struggling LA Lakers. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about some plays that are, you know, a little dicey Uh, Trey, Did you see that play um, with Marcus smart and, uh, Steph Curry. Now, the uh, news coming out is Steph Curry um, is going to be silent for the rest of the season. He's going to rest that uh, injured ankle for now uh, until the playoffs. Now, uh, Marcus Smart, he he is known to be a very aggressive player, very known to be like he's going to die for the ball. If there's, a, if there's a basketball on the floor, you're going to see Marcus Smart going after the ball, and that's what I respect about him. But he did go for the ball, and uh, I would say accidentally kind of undercut Steph a little bit and went and, 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 and hit his ankle and also rolled his ankle underneath Marcus Smart. I don't know. What did you make about that?
1: Um, did you think that was a dirty play by Marcus? So as we, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, um, first off, thank you. Secondly, you probably know I've had many choice words about somebody like Marcus smart, who I feel like is, uh, an annoying flopper. Um, He is exceptionally, uh, you know, just annoying Uh, at the same time, when it comes to this particular play and we will get into another one soon. I'm sure when it comes to this particular play, the guy was hustling, I think because he's kind of got like a DeMarcus Cousins thing going on where he's just got a bad reputation. The guy was hustling for the ball. If this was Jalen Brown, if this was Jason Tatum, I don't know if it would be considered dirty. But because it's this guy, I feel like you know this guy who is one of the the, the best defensive uh, players of his position, of you know of, you know playing today. I feel like a lot of people are just. You know, it's Steph Curry. Steph Curry's seen as this golden child of the NBA. You know, the face of it. You know, the 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 three the three baller. You know, the guy who's who uh, revolutionized how much we shoot threes. You know, people love Steph Curry, and the fact that mm-hmm. this happened, I don't think he was trying to intend to hurt him. I feel like he was just hustling for a ball because that's you know Marcus Smart. Why does he flop? Why is he annoying? Because he he tries too hard. That's all that this is. I feel like he tries too hard in this particular play. And I have to, okay. you know, I have to end with that for, for a reason. But but continue.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, I I agree with you. Um, like it, he, Marcus Martin has always been like, you love the fact that he's on your team, but you hate the fact that you're facing him, yeah. right? He's going to, yes, he's going to flop. He's going to flare his arms whenever he can in order for the benefit of his team. Is he going to, again, is he going to go after the basketball? Yes. Is Could it be dangerous at times? Yes. And the fact that it is Stephen Curry, does this make it uh, a, a little bit bit m- more eyes on it absolutely so the, again i i don't f- i don't fault marcus smart for going after the ball at the same time i don't fault uh, uh you know his coach um steve kerr to go to marcus and be like listen you like that was a very dangerous play mm-hmm. and it could be and it would well, i'm looking at it, i'm looking at it right now it definitely could be but his eyes marcus Smart's eyes is going after the basketball he's not maliciously trying to injure one of the best players in the nba mm-hmm. Does it suck 100%? But basketball is a physical sport. You know, he's he. I, I again, I, I don't want Marcus Smart to. I've always liked Marcus Smart. I, I don't think that even he shouldn't change thinking that I, I should be. Obviously, I'm not trying to. You, you shouldn't go in there trying to hurt anybody or think about hurting anybody, but you're gonna. You, you might as well. You have to play physical. You have to. And uh, Kendrick Perkins even. Uh, retweeted this video and he even said that you know rule number one or basketball 101 every coach since you come up from the beginning is going to tell you go after the basketball if the ball is on the floor go after it no matter what right Mm -hmm. again you're not trying to hurt anybody but you're going for the hustle play so again i don't think this was a dirty play to me that's all that's all i'm saying
1: yeah and uh, you know before we uh, continue to the next order business um, I don't fault Steve Kerr for for that either. You know, he's just looking out for for a player that he's obviously bonded with over the last X amount of years. And 100, yeah. um, you know, he had a visceral response in the same way that a lot of fans did. But again, I don't think what Marcus Smart did in this play was you know necessarily reckless or anything. Having said that, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> okay. Having said that. So there is, we
0: alluded to in the beginning of the episode, the LA Lakers are in shambles. I might be, you know, putting my foot in my mouth because the Raptors are playing the LA Lakers again, this time in Toronto. Uh, I don't know any injury report. I don't know if uh, LeBron is actually playing. But Westbrook, okay. There's a thing about Westbrook. He's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. Um, he doesn't have a championship ring. However, he's been an MVP. He has the triple-double um, uh, average. And however, him being on the LA, LA Lakers, the aging LA Lakers isn't working for him. Now, throughout his career, he's been shit-talking a lot. To to, But the thing is, if you're this good in his career, you're allowed to, okay? But that also comes to you know uh it, it, it might come in bite you in the butt sometimes right so there's this one play where the lake lakers who lost to the timberwolves uh by 20 the last game the timberwolves are, are like on a nine or are, are playing really really well right now actually but there's this one play where westbrook fires a three-pointer at the end of the quarter and he airballs it now that's not too crazy right where he air like a lot of people airball basketballs but (laughs) the greatest thing is carl anthony towns gets the rebound like and and he's just starts to like look in the crowd as in, like, where did that ball, where was that ball trying to go? Like, what, what the hell just happened? And then, and then he gives the ball to Patrick Beverly, who they obviously have a history, Patrick Beverly and Westbrook. And, and Patrick Beverly was like, giving the ball back to the referee, was like, oh, oh, I don't know where this ball is going. And so it's, there's just a lot of, Shit talking going around. Um, I I just want to get your initial thoughts before I keep going because this it, it was really really funny. At the same time, that's some disrespect
1: right there, man. I mean, it wouldn't seem like I would because uh, it's such a cut and dry such a uh, type of situation. But I, I do have a lot of thoughts about this. So the first one being a lot of people saying the Timberwolves have no leg to stand on. Uh, they're doing pretty well this year uh they're actually uh yeah they're actually gelling as a team um unlike the lakers and uh they're they're balling they're they're gonna be at this rate they're gonna be playing in the playoffs you know without jimmy butler which was a big thing a couple of years ago when uh jimmy famously said you know you can't you can't do this without me uh not in so many words and it looks like that they are you know so anthony edwards was a fantastic draft for them um 100%. patrick beverly who uh is like a marcus smart you know he can be really irritating but at the same time it seems like you know he's working out well with his team so i feel like a lot of people saying you have no like to stand on because of all these rings or whatever these are the same people where if you try to judge the current season and you know they're winning they're going to be like well this season we're winning you know you can't have it either way uh you know the the wolves are doing well right now uh against expectations and the lakers are awful against expectations so the second thing i Mm -hmm. want to bring up is and and i've seen inside the nba i think it was uh charles barkley who brought this up um how dismissive of all of this westbrook is you know i feel like you know shrugging everything off and focusing on on the game and improving and stuff can only get you so far at this rate. The fact that they're really not addressing the problems really, really head on. You're, you're seeing how frustrated LeBron's getting, That the guy was like, yeah. the guy went off on a massive rant in the middle of like the, the first quarter, the middle of the first quarter against yeah. the Raptors. And, his body language is like if yeah.
0: if someone like punched him in the face or something like a bull, like he's getting bullied or something like that. And and I and I hate that because like listen, LeBron, I get it. You're in year like nineteen. You're one of the best players to ever play this game, but at the same time, if you want your teammates to do your do their part, don't walk up. On defense you know mm-hmm. like if you if, if yes a turnover is very frustrating but how many times have the raptors turn it over and then they just run back no matter what it
1: doesn't matter having right said, and, and I, yeah yeah go ahead, no, go I was ahead. Gonna say, having said that and i do agree entirely um a lot of people are quick to say you know lebron assembled this team of superstars and it's not working yeah yeah that's great he probably felt the exact same way where he was trying to accrue all of these great names Yet the only person playing you know, well enough is LeBron James. And the next people in line are like the younglings. You know, Anthony Davis is injured. You know, we can't say much about that. You know, when it comes to Dwight, when it comes to Mello, when it comes to Westbrook, when it comes to all these big names that have just completely shit the bed and – you know, I, I I, think he should be running back on defense as well. But I also can't blame him for feeling so gargantuanly, like, just upset and, you know, not wanting to, to do anything because he's so exhausted from the bullshit. Like, when you have this many people and they're bricking or airballing or turning over and committing stupid, stupid, stupid mistakes and you still have to clean up everything, I feel like at this point... This, these are like the, the final years of LeBron, which they could be like five, they could be six. I mean, I, I don't even know at this point because the guy seems like he's unstoppable. But the, the case in point, they're still the final years. And most typical jobs, these are like when you start, you know, not taking it easy per se, but you've earned it, right? LeBron James has earned mm. it, yet he still has to be the CEO of this company because all of the, the young whippersnappers aren't, or, you know, they're trying their best, but all the people in the middle aren't, aren't doing anything and they're trying to coast. That's the problem. These people joined trying to coast when LeBron brought these people on so perhaps he could coast and enjoy his last couple of years as one of the greatest to ever play. Instead, he's not coasting. He's having to, you know, put in all of the work. And I'm not saying that he's coasting as in he's getting lazy, but, you know, look at Dirk Nowitzki who was able to rest knowing that, Luca was coming in and like a KG mm. who like supervise mm, the Timberwolves. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. they weren't in the greatest positions, but they were like, we don't have to be the be all end all of this team. LeBron James is, this mm. is his 19th season. He shouldn't have to be the number one doing everything for this team. So no wonder why he's exhausted. And whenever yeah. they do well, it doesn't last very long. Cause unfortunately, and this is where the actual, uh, you know, piecing together of this team comes into play. Unfortunately, nobody has that energy anymore. Nobody can play a full four quarters. Uh, LeBron James having to carry the team for four quarters is starting to really weigh on him as well. Like, he's starting to get burnt out. Like, it, this isn't good. This is this is really bad, actually. And unfortunately, and I don't like being like this, this could very well be one of the worst super team on paper ideas i've ever seen like this is this is 100%, an atrocity
0: 100 uh, but at the same okay at the same time if you saw this in the beginning of the season and we all did we, we all had our like thoughts about them all being kind of old except for anthony davis who was made of glass but if you look at their roster right now bron russ anthony davis carmelo anthony dwight howard all of those are supposed to be your starting five right all of them, you gotta pay them heavy, heavy, heavy money. Yeah. From that, look at what's going to bring you for the rest of the team. You got someone, Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnston, Wenyan Gabriel, and I'm I, I'm not taking anything away from these guys because I'm sure they're really, really talented players. But they're not but supposed like, to be we,
1: the next in line. It's supposed to be all these veterans. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. You can't. <laughs> you, basically, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwight Howard should be coming off the bench from. You know, to have a young core around shooters uh, around LeBron James um, that has been working uh, in his in his time in Cleveland, so you it was kind of like a, a disaster waiting to happen. You know, and people are I'm surprised I'm surprised of how low they're getting. And honestly speaking, right now they're ninth in the in the Western Conference, uh, right behind, and I'm talking one game behind the Pelicans. And and I don't know if the Spurs can can uh get up there on, on, on to, to for for the tenth spot. But I mean the possibility of the Lakers not making not even making the playoffs is a real possibility. They have to play us tonight. Cavs, 76ers, Mavericks, Jazz, Pelicans twice, Nuggets twice, the Suns, like it's not an easy road for these guys, and how they are playing right now, how the Lakers are playing right now. At, we talk about the Raptors hitting stride; the Lakers are crumbling, while as we speak right now. So, if something doesn't happen, and they something should have happened at the trade deadline with them, but if something, you know, if Anthony doesn't Davis, if Anthony Davis doesn't come back, I, I don't see them making the playoffs, man. I honestly don't
1: this is tough because if we look at the standings um they could drop the 10th i don't as much as i want the spurs to do well which a shout out to to coach popovich on breaking that record by the way i think i'm pretty sure that i I don't know if i said it last time but i'm gonna say it again because it's amazing and i'm so happy um i'd like to think the spurs would Keep winning. They won their last game. So, I mean, you never know. But um, who are the
0: Spurs playing? They're playing as Pelicans, Warriors, Blazers, Pelicans. They don't have a heart. Whoa, they have the Blazers, Blazers three times. So, either the Blazers <laughs>
1: are going to make it or the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's crazy. Which the, the Blazers are not going to make it. So, there's that. um okay Yeah, I honestly feel like even though it's entirely doable, um, I don't know if the Lakers are going to drop out of the play-ins. They might drop to tenth. Um, I can see that. Yeah. They might drop to tenth. Um, I mean, even if they drop to tenth and lose to the play-in, that's that's a disaster too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean that that's still. I don't even remember what I predicted at the start of the season, but I, I'm pretty sure I predicted that they would have been playoff bound and actually doing quite well, which uh, I'm an idiot. I think so too. <laughs> so, yeah, no,
0: I, I think I was going to say, uh, Jay, Jay has all of our predictions, so let's <laughs> let's see at the
1: end of the season. <laughs> uh, we don't need to hear those. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no chance in hell that they're going to even catch eight at this point, which, <laughs> Clippers, uh, that's, that's hilarious. Um, but I feel like... Uh, he, not that I'm a sadist or a brawn hater or anything like that. I still think it would be pretty funny if they didn't make the play in at all. Like Oh yeah, no. I, just because I, I wanna see <laughs> I wanna see the um I, I just wanna see how big of an off season, this team is going to have when it comes to trades, when it comes to everything. Yeah. I want to, I want to see this. This would make an amazing mini series, the uh, like you know five episode run of how the f- are we going to fix the Lakers <laughs> in the off season? It's going to be like uh, like the Big Short. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like Money Ball. Oh, it'd be amazing seeing this. Uh, so like, who would play LeBron point. James? Actually, I mean, he can act. He might as well play himself. So, yeah, I think this would be, I think this would be like an HBO classic. Okay.
0: Can he act, Dre? Kenny, come
1: on. Space Jam 2 was pretty bad. Okay, when I say he can act, I mean in the same way that I'm a handyman, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can it's, try and fix stuff, but I don't know what
0: I'm doing. <laughs> he's basically... He's in Hollywood. That's that's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, that They're going to overhaul the the crap out of the Lakers. It, whatever you see right now, nothing is going to be the same. I'm thinking... I mean, I don't know what Westbrook's contract is right now, but I'm thinking Bron and AD
1: and everybody else is gonna going to <laughs> be Actually, I'm going to predict something else. Oh. I don't think – I think this is his last year as a Laker. Instead of fixing Whoa, the entire really? team, this could be – I don't know if this is bold or soft. I don't actually know what the word is. But the fact that he mm-hmm. has expressed that it's not an impossibility that he would join the Cavaliers again. The Cavaliers are doing pretty well. Yeah. I feel like he's going to go right. home. Honestly,
0: yes. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've heard. I've I've thought about this too. Do the Cavaliers even want him? I don't see why they would. At this point, yeah. But at this point, the Cavaliers are doing so friggin' well that putting in LeBron is going to put is. I think it's going to be a lot of distraction. You know, mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong. LeBron is one of the best, of course. Okay, but the Cavs are doing fantastic at a point where they don't need LeBron right now. You know what I mean? And. I, and I agree. I don't think LeBron's going to finish as a Laker because he still wants to play at least a year with his son. Yeah. No matter where he goes. Um, but is it back for the Cavs? I don't know. I don't think so. The Cavs are too good to get that pick to to pick up uh, Bronny. So no matter where it's going to be, it's going to be either, you know, Houston or Detroit. He's not or going Orlando. to Houston. Like, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not. I don't think it's going to be the Cavs mainly because I think the Cavs are too good, and I don't think it's going to be the Lakers because the Lakers suck. Having said
1: that, if the Cavaliers <laughs> underperform in the playoffs in the same way that the Knicks did last year, um, I would say that that's reason enough that they would try. Honestly, fair. I guess we'll see. Fair.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, okay. Last thing I wanted to go through, um, I wanted to try a new uh, segment. We, by the you know, every end of the episode, I wanted to start something new with you guys as a weekly recommend, and it could be anything. Like Dre, obviously, well, we all know that you're a huge film connoisseur. Um, and I'm not saying that you can you don't, you have to recommend a film or recommend a TV show, but what I'm saying is you can recommend anything, and I. Take this from uh, Films Hotel because I know you do a weekly recommend. I also take this from Mad About Movies. They've been doing weekly recommends uh, forever since I've started listening to them as well. So shout out to them. Shout out to K Cut obviously. So let's start our own weekly recommend. Um, I'm sorry, it's sad that Jay's not here to to let him let us know, but I'm pretty sure he's his weekly recommend is going to be the March Madness <laughs> tournament, anyways. <laughs> oh so yeah right so let's start with you man weekly recommend it could be anything what would you recommend our listeners as well as us to to follow suit
1: uh Well, I feel like the only way to start this off is something a little bit related, I guess. And I haven't seen the whole series because it's not even out yet. But so far, I am a little hooked on the new HBO miniseries uh, winning time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, which I wasn't thinking of this when I went on the whole LeBron thing, but it also feels very Mm -hmm. fitting. So uh, yeah, this is uh, yet another brainchild of Adam McKay, who's very hit or miss as a filmmaker or storyteller. But I feel like... In this particular instance, it's told so frantically. This, you know, basically it's about the uh the Magic Johnson era of the Lakers. And it's got an amazing performance uh by Jason Clark playing Jerry West. Although I'm not entirely sure if Jerry West had the worst temper in the world. If he did, that's news to me, but that's how he comes off Mm -hmm. in this show. It could be uh hyperbolic, like we were saying before, it could be stylized, but basically. Uh, the series, the mini series, it stars John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, which is amazing in and of itself. Um, it nice. it's shot in so many different ways with like retro styles of film, uh, you know, even like personal, like hand, like personal handheld film as well. It's also got like old style video recordings. I like it's some of the most convincing retro footage I've ever seen. Like it actually seems like you're looking at old assembled documentary footage of all this stuff but at the same time they're like breaking the fourth wall and talking to you and um it's it's exceptional it's hbo so you're gonna see a lot of nudity a lot of swearing a lot of uh, excess but uh it's um hey it's showtime baby Showtime. it is so uh yeah winning time i'm gonna have to go with that it's only uh, two episodes in another episode drops on sunday Uh, i don't know if this is gonna keep being interesting, but so far it's quite interesting. I will say that it you know, the a lot of the editing techniques can be a bit of a headache at times, but otherwise I feel like it's it's uh idiosyncratic style typically succeeds. So it's interesting enough to give a watch.
0: Nice. Well I, I I know you talked about it before so I can't wait to actually start watching it. And I love the fact that it's only weekly releases. I hate it not that I hate it, uh, but I'm glad that they're going back to, you know, doing that instead
1: of doing a whole binge-worthy Netflix kind of show. Well, but, HBO okay. would um, never do that. They do, like, the uh, the weekly thing. Also, one last quick shout-out nice. because I just remembered. Um, I never thought I'd be an anime person, but Attack on Titan ends this weekend. I hope it ends well. I'm actually kind of nervous as to how it's going to end, but that's one of the most gory, Sweet. crazy, epic things I've ever seen. So, Attack on Titan, shout-out.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Um... I would I would like to recommend two things. One, real quick, because we already talked about it last week, but Turning Red is an amazing Toronto-based. Uh, Pixar movie, it's fantastic. If you guys have to watch it, you're gonna see uh, Vince Carter shadow. Obviously, the 2002 <laughs> who, to, uh, how Toronto was based Skydome. and if the reason why I love this so much is not only do I, I remember everything about you know Daisy Mart and, and walking around Spadina and and Chinatown, but like uh, that show that they were representing uh, was a Backstreet Boys concert at the Sky Dome, and I was there. I was, I was there eight too. Years old. Were you there too? That's no that no freaking way. That was the concert of the century. Was it right? the Black For... and Blue tour? I fit, bro, I have no idea. I was eight. We were eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: remember I, that I, man. I think I was there though.
0: Oh, amazing! I so that was my first concert. Backstreet Boys was my first concert. I remember going there, and I remember. Seeing the Backstreet Boys jump out on stage and and jump off it as angels, like they had wings on their back and, sh- and stuff. Like, I remember that. So seeing that as a Pixar movie brought me back. It was crazy to watch. And, you know, just I loved it. I, I absolutely love it. The second thing I want to mention is uh, I've been really getting into this, um, this artist named uh, Cassius Clay. And he's kind of like R&B, um, kind of division kind of style, weekend kind of mm. style, but really funky, really, really soulful, and I really, really enjoy him. So check him out, Cautious Clay, and also Turning Red, obviously. But that's a lot of fun. I love this. We can recommend um, because obviously we're basketball fans, we're Raptors fans, but we got other things going on. So next week, I'm sure you'll hear another weekly recommendation. Hey, let Jay? us know, Dre, if you have any recommendations. It's just me. Or let us you know, find man. We love finding movies and shows to play music, around your it. area, books, whatever you got. Oh yeah, it's Been uh, terrible. find to be you. you, you, can you can Follow me on Instagram. Well, I found an easy way to place tickets.
1: At Javelin is a mobile app made by a Toronto-based company whose goal is to make it easier to place tickets. If you have a team or Google players, who you play. With on the regular, com, no you can use Javelin to message uh, your teammates coordinate going events, and even track goodness, who's in and who's out. Also, uh, if we'll you're just looking to join a pickup game in your area, it's be you can introduce yourself in one of their I I public mean, pickup committed. groups. So, players um, players <laughs> you can also listen oh, to oh, the that could be really helpful because I'm vaccinated now, so I'm like, I'm just trying to find other people who are vaccinated. So, I'm hoping that this could help me out. Raptor fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, sports fans, Javelin has made it their goal to help
0: people return to sports after the
1: pandemic. So as part of, of this promotion, they're offering everything in their app free for everyone that
0: who, that who signs up. up so 4. check out javelinsports.com. That's j hcom to join a pick-up game on Twitter. And you can find all of us on Twitter. We're going to check that out. You can find my work, obviously here, Raptors HQ, and the other podcasts such as Fearless Beauties and The Marketer's Journey. But until then, that's a wrap. I actually don't have anything this time. Let me think. Uh, shout out to that uh, cheerleader who helped get that basketball. Oh <laughs> yeah, the March Madness.
1: March Madness has yeah. started. Yeah, like the, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's that's the best way <laughs> exactly. to go. But that alone was more noteworthy than that Detroit Magic game. I, except a shout out to uh, <laughs> shout out to the fifty piece. Uh, I don't know what's in the water in the NBA, like the sixty uh, piece. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, like, in general, all the 50 pieces, the the 260 pieces, like, what is going on? It's true. It's crazy. They just needed a – I think the NBA just needed an awesome break.
0: Everybody just needed a break for a second. Can
1: I have a break, too, please? (laughs) Right?